Hey, coconuts. Hey, hey, coconuts. Hey, Merle. Hey, hey Summer. I'm good. How are you? I'm good, too. How is everything? How was your week? My week was fun. It was super fun. I made a pact with myself and I asked two of my um, colleagues to make a check. I told them that you must make sure that I'm not going out more than twice this week and you must make sure that I don't order food randomly unless it's absolutely necessary. So I only ordered once at work. That was coffee. And I got a free coffee from Tim Hortons. So thank you. And I got, and I went out um, to explore the old city of Jeddah, Al Balad, um, with a fun neighbor. So, Ooh, and my sister. That's really interesting. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. <laughs> I miss old Jeddah. I remember yeah. it was actually like, it was really nice. We went on a school trip once to old Jeddah. And, um, like, I recently, because, you know, like, during the pandemic, we, like, went through old photos and stuff. So I found, like, a whole bag that had, like, a, you know, like, proper, like, pictures that were printed out from uh, the trip uh, with my, like, Jadda prep kids um, from old uh, old Jadda. It was so nice. You know, we were, like, pretending to sit on, like, you know, those red, like, huge um, sofa-type carpets or whatever, like, in the old houses. Like, it was a proper school trip. So, like, we, we learned, like, history and stuff as well. So, like, yeah, we were, like, sitting on those things. We were having, like, food there. It was, like, really cute. Uh, yeah, it's, it is super cute. We, um, it was quite inter- entertaining, actually. It was, it was a very good trip overall, except for, like, one weird glitch where we got flashed <laughs> by a oh. random dude. Um, My God. So, that <laughs> has never happened to me, like, ever. That's a serious glitch in the Matrix. It should not have happened. <laughs> yeah, genuine glitch. Um, but uh, one of the highlights was, well, two highlights. One, I casually went up to a police officer and gave him my phone because I couldn't find the Kareem driver. And um, he was in front of me the whole time and he was laughing. <laughs> it's just like, I kept telling you to cro- come across the street and I kept hearing him say, go down the street. um but yeah and then and then yeah and the second highlight was we met like a old man who was kind of like Santa Claus he was so cute um he offered us like tea and he was selling ice cream and paintings and he was super nice Mm -hmm. he had the little carpet sofa things as well that are like really traditional in Arab culture yeah um but yeah it turns out he was originally Pakistani oh no way like Punjabi Oh, wow. Yeah, and his grandfather, yeah, he's so funny. He's like, my grandfather came for Hajj, settled in Mecca, had my father, then who who then later had me. And I, in my mind, I was like, so there are no women in this process. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> that yeah, is so, so funny. <laughs> yep, no, no women were involved in his uh, family tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's yeah no woman (laughs) oh but it was it was nice like Mm -hmm. it was super nice because I was there like with my sister with my neighbor and her son who's super cute and uh yeah we had a really good time what about you what did you do this week um so the it's so it's so funny that we like did like old timey things I guess uh because um so what I did uh 
the highlight of my week was that I went to the museum and um the museum in Sharjah like it's not in Dubai it's like kind of far and I drove there so that was like really cool too because Sharjah has like really tough driving and it's like almost an hour and a half away from where I live so yeah anyways uh we went to the museum and the museum was like divided into like four different galleries and it was like uh the Islamic Civilization Museum so it was uh very interesting to see like how um you know like the Islamic uh culture and movement and religion and everything how it started and how it spread and like you know uh, they had like a lot of like um uh, history and everything about like you know just like the Kaaba itself and like uh how like um you know the cloth that we put on the Kaaba how like every year it gets like remade uh, by like I don't know there's like a, a specific factory that they have and it gets like remade there and they use like actual like gold threads to make it and um yeah so it was like really nice to like you know learn a little bit about like just uh the history of the like middle eastern world and then um there was like a whole like a uh, section on like book binding and everything too so it was really interesting to see how like what the quran used to look like and then how like you know like now we just print it and like it looks really different but like before it used to be like hand printed and like you know like very it was gorgeous like all the persian art and the iran like iranian art on it it was really nice like i i did take like a lot of pictures so like i'll like send them to you and we could put it up on our um instagram as well and um, after that, like Islamic Civilization Museum, we went to the um, like an art museum, which was also like a lot of fun, like because um, most of the artists that were featured were Middle Eastern artists. So like Egyptian artists, Syrian artists, Pal uh, like Palestinian artists. So that was like a lot of fun, too, because, you know, like I feel like there's such a difference um between the arts like between middle eastern countries itself because you know some countries have like war going on some countries have like certain issues going on and it's reflected in their art like you can just see from like the colors they use like you know um the syrian art that was like from the time when like you know the they had like terrorist groups take over um that art is just like it's like all the colors are like blue and like you know dull and like sad and like you know and then like um there was this one uh, artist Bea like she is an Algerian artist and she started painting during the Algerian war and her art like it was all like really like um whimsical like you know she drew like like fairies and like butterflies and flowers and everything it was really strange but it was really beautiful you could tell that it was like escapism for her like you know she was just like making things that she, so she could escape the reality that her people were in she said that she painted like this so people don't feel like you know sca scared and like sad of like from what was happening in her country and stuff so yeah that was like really interesting as well so I had a lot of fun <laughs> yeah that's so interesting dude yeah I, I love it yeah it's called I think um like it's called the Kiswa factory where they make make the cloth uh for the Kaaba my oh. mom's been there Ooh, nice. along with like yeah, she she's watched it. Let's just check it out. You know what's interesting? Like, I don't understand how some people like randomly get the cloth. Like, have you ever been to like random people's houses and they just have like the a a little like piece of the cloth like framed? <laughs> no, I actually have never been to somebody's house like that. They definitely stole that. <laughs> they definitely. probably like, like, like took a pair of scissors and cut like a little piece off from the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the oh way, they God. do do that, like, which is, which is why, like, during Hajj, like, you'll see that the Gaba's um, cloth is, like, lifted halfway. Right. Uh, 
because <laughs> this has happened in the past. <laughs> oh my Obviously god! Obviously, it's a massive process to get it made, so it's insane. Yeah, and they only sanction like, sanction it like once a year. They only do it once a year to get it reprinted. And yeah. imagine like the amount of gold that gets used to make like all of it. And um, yeah. and also, what is the use of doing that? Like, I I get it. Maybe it's like they're taking it from memory, but like, obviously, a piece of cloth is not gonna make. They're not. I think. I think it's more about like. Yeah, I think it's more about like, oh, it's like a piece of like, um, the holy thing that we're taking back home with us, so our house will be blessed or whatever. Which again is, yeah, not to like be like, but I mean, come on, like you know, you can pray to God and that that's it. Like you don't have to do it with objects. That was what the whole lesson on Islam was about. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, yeah yeah like it's not tied to material things Mm -hmm. but hey Mm -hmm. back to about the whimsical artist what was her name uh baya b-a-y-a she's an algerian artist and yeah she's she's really interesting very interesting she's also been featured in like the new york like um what I forgot what the name of their main like art thing is like uh but yeah she was featured in that is it the Cosmopolitan uh, Museum I don't know so would you say that like um that Bea is kind of had like the same take on life as uh Louisa May Alcott oh my god yes uh yes it does oh my god you're yeah. so good with transitions Wow. Okay. All right, Coconut. So basically the topic for today was Little Woman. And like, you know, just in lieu of like International Women Days that just passed on the 8th, we were just going to talk a little bit about that and like, um, you know, just tie all of that stuff in. But yeah, like Moral mentioned, it really was kind of like her. And I was telling Moral about this quote that I really liked. And it was like, um, yeah. I've had it with troubles. So I write tales of joy. And that's by Louisa Alcott herself. So yeah, which is kind of like Bea, yeah, because she's had it with the war, and so she would just like make art of joy and stuff. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Like, <laughs> thank you. I'm just so proud of myself for that funny transition. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, Louisa May Alcott, man, Little Woman. She she's written a bunch of different things, but Little Woman is something that I think is a is a household name either people have watched the movie or they've read the book and my genius summon has well dr summon um has done both you've read the book and watched the movie i love that you always had time to like read classics that's amazing yeah and yeah still managed to do everything mashallah <laughs> so <laughs> I know, but when I was younger, like when I was in high school, I used to like, um, even middle school, like I used to love reading like classics and like those kind of books. I kind of started off with them, like reading classics as opposed to like, you know, well, besides Harry Potter, but like, you know, and I, right. like specifically when it came to reading, no one monitored me. Like I literally read whatever, I, like whatever, like someone yeah, yeah. told me to read or like whatever I saw on the bestseller list or whatever, you know? And like one time I remember my mom, she bought me 50 shades of gray because she thought it was a what? She didn't know what it was. Like she literally didn't what? know. What did she think wait, did she did she think it was a philosophical book because the world is in black and white? It's basically shades of gray. Because that's how I viewed it the first time before I knew what 50 shades of gray was. That is so cute of you, but I don't think that's what my mom thought. My mom literally saw that it was New York's bestseller, number one, most copies sold worldwide. And she's like, I would love it. And she got it for me like that. 
<laughs> well, we all know what that is. Listen, by the way, speaking of books, um, so I remember I was so like during lockdown, my family and I we 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 don't usually watch shows together. Okay, we don't watch things together because my mom is kind of like, oh, I don't have time for these silly dilly um t- TV shows. My dad's like, oh, I could watch like something that's like a dramedy or, or like a comedy, but I'm not gonna like actively spend time on things. Um, and my sister and I have like we don't we have kind of similar taste in shows, but we have like our own timeline of watching it. Like um she would have watched a show when it first came out I'm watching it now or like I would have watched something that first came you know it's always like a clash but during lockdown we were watching this Pakistani show called Yid al and it's so funny like how some Pakistani um production people I don't know what they did was uh, they wanted to make this lady look so smart and so intellectual so they had like a stack of books um, on, on her shelf, okay, and and it's basically like this this is lady who's like in her forties or fifties, going on her fifties with her husband who's very old, and they're like an old married couple. And the one book that they had in that stack was Fifty Shades of Grey, oh <laughs> along with like Pride and Prejudice, and like the randomest books you they found. They like, do you get me? It's like someone just went to a bookstore and just grabbed like the random books that they could find and just stacked them up and put them in a place. And it's like this such odd placement because right now people are just focused on the fact that, oh, this auntie reads Fifty Shades of Grey. What? So, yeah, it was pretty funny. But clearly the producers did not read that at all. Like, you know, they just picked random books here, right? That is so funny. Did they give her nerdy glasses too? Because I've noticed that's how they make somebody look smart. They did. They did. Oh my gosh, of she had course. nerdy glasses as well. But it was so clear. She had like Botox and everything going on and she didn't really, really look like she looked like a defense auntie basically like you know what the defense auntie is in Karachi yeah I do I'm very familiar with that you know we're all can I, okay I know we're like so distracted and inshallah we're gonna start with our topic but uh, I remember when I first got like blonde highlights in my hair all my friends started calling me a defense auntie I swear I got called that for the longest time it was so sad yeah, I remember. I remember, like, um, we were, I think we were, I don't know where we were, but you were, like, going up. You're like, I know I look like a defense auntie, and that just took me off guard. I was like, what? And you're just like, I go to Dolly Ball. I know what they look like. Okay. <laughs> it was, like, the funniest self-distance you've ever done. It's just like, damn, someone you don't look like a defense auntie. Because <laughs> defense, un- defense aunties are, like, hilarious. Um, But, yeah, it's a really funny stereotype. <laughs> yeah I accepted it because no, I loved you. it you know I liked going to the salon I liked doing everything and I was like you know what I'm embracing this new culture <laughs> <laughs> but you're not a defense auntie dude <laughs> I refuse to accept that <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Louisa May Alcott, she released this book, uh, Little Woman, in 1832, and uh, she released like two books uh, following it, The Joe's Boys, and something else I can't remember, and, oh no, like part two of Little Woman, I think, Um, so yeah, by like 1888, she was done with the thing, Um, yeah, or maybe that was her lifespan, I don't know, but this book is like uh, from the 1800s. yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah she's got three books out like two volumes of little woman and one book about like joe's uh journey uh so that's really interesting i've actually not read the other books but her obviously i've read the little woman so um yeah 
So do you tell me, Meryl, what was your, uh, what did you like about the book? And um, why don't you tell our viewers like what the book is about and, you know, like a little bit about the story? So the book revolves around the household of the Marches or like the March girls. There is Marmy, the mom, and she's got four daughters, Beth, Joe, Meg, and Amy. Amy being the youngest, Amy being the person that a lot of people hated. Um, She was played by Kristen Dunst in the movie. A lot of people didn't like her. I get it. I didn't like her that much, but that's because she was making out with Spider-Man and I wanted to make out with Spider-Man. So like, whatever. (laughs) But that's like my own personal bias. But um, other than that, a lot of, so yeah, it circles around their household. And um, it's funny how Little Woman creeps up everywhere in the world. It was also talked about on Friends, the sitcom that everyone loves. And uh, I remember like the way Joey felt when Beth got ill um, was how I felt when I was watching the movie. I haven't read the book. I wanted to read the book, but I've never gotten around to it. And what happens is even though they're not, they're not well off, but Marmy is shown to be someone who cares for her daughters and also cares for the community around her and how... The, the society also sees this. Um, these are girls who are like ready for marriage with the exception of Amy, obviously she's like the younger sister and how Joe is like, everyone has their own take on feminism. Get me like they're like each and every single one of them is empowered. And, and Emma Watson who played, I think she played Meg yeah. in the new movie. Mm-hmm. So she, she said that, you know, Meg wanted like, Meg got married. Um, I think she got married to the the neighbor's tutor. tutor. Yeah. Yeah. So she got married, and she she basically said that um, even though in the book it's 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 quite evident that Joe does not agree with Meg's choices because she thinks settling down with a man is is weak or is something that you shouldn't be doing. Like you should aspire to have your own career and studying whatever. And what Meg did was make her own choice. It wasn't forced upon her. This was, and that's what Emma Watson's take was on this. Obviously, she um, is also the champion of he for she and infused it to us and is working towards it. And I agree with that. Like I, for the longest time, yeah, um, I was gonna say that's uh, that she really did wait because I know that like in the in the movie and also in the book, um, the the tutor when he didn't have enough money. Uh, and he like said the proposal to the parents or like whatever that he wanted to marry Meg. They they asked him to wait, and so like you know after like a year when he was able to, that's when he like married her. Like it wasn't like they married right away either. And also yeah. the parents said that like Meg was too young, and they wanted her to like mature a little bit, and then so like it was very like um like it was very forward for that time, like you know because yeah. I guess back then people were getting married super young, and they didn't like you know come up with their goals and stuff like achieve their dreams. And also I like how you said that like all like each girl represented a different form of like feminism because Joe was like more like that working class like type girl like she um sold her stories and like you know yeah money for her family and she was like more like um uh how do I say like brash like you know she didn't care about like what other people were saying or like you know frivolous things like oh like dancing or falling in love and like those kind of things she was more just like oh I love writing and I'm gonna um use it to earn money and also like you know that I just enjoy it like you know um and also Beth was like the more like artsy one like she was like um 
she liked playing piano and she was just like she was the more innocent sweet type person which is also like you know a, a form of like feminism like you don't have to be like super out there you can just be like a lover of art For and sure. lover of culture and lover of that kind of stuff and um you know she created like really good music and stuff and then what do you call it amy was definitely my least favorite because of that one thing she did where she like set fire to joe's like writing oh the when, manuscript yeah the that manuscript. was terrible but that was so childish yeah. yeah that was really childish true true yeah. Yeah. But, like, other than that, uh, they do show, like, Amy, like, you know, because she loved her art. And, like, you know, so she, like, pursued it. And, you know, there's this one line that she says uh, in the movie. She goes, like, I think it was probably in the book, too, but I just can't remember. But, like, she said, like, oh, um, I'm either going to be, like, a great artist or nothing at all. Like, she's, like, I don't want to be, like, mediocre or whatever. Because that those kind of, like, privileges are not afforded to women. Like, you cannot be mediocre. You either have to be great to be known or you just don't do it then. Like, you know, it was kind of sad and you know but I do understand it like I I think uh sometimes women have to try a lot harder just to be appreciated for things that are like easily come to men like you know so yeah anyway sorry keep going so yeah there yeah. it's a family uh of like four yeah. girls they live with their mother because their dad's at war and he's not home yeah the civil war yeah mm -hmm. so um yeah anyways go on and they're super charitable <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in stark contrast to, did we ever talk about Pride and Prejudice on this podcast? Or has uh, it seeped no, in every now and then? We talked about January. But like, um, in stark contrast to like Pride and Prejudice, which I guess was a little, oh no, we talked about Pride and Prejudice based on like Bridgerton, I think. Well, maybe, yeah. Yeah. But even like for shows like Bridgerton and Pride and Prejudice, you, you can see that, you know, like um, their main concern is that oh, a woman is young, she's pretty, she's eligible for a marriage now. But like, again, like, do you get me? Like with with all the women in Little Woman, all four of the sisters, I see them do their own thing. Like um, Beth, she like, unfortunately, spoiler alert, guys, Beth dies. And it's only because she was caring for the humble baby. And it's so sad. And yeah, like she was artsy and she was really giving. So like, if I if I think of Little Woman nowadays, I would imagine Beth to be one of those people who would be running an NGO in, in a country that probably doesn't have the best medical aid. And um, she would be completely okay with the death because that is what Beth was doing. She didn't she didn't throw a tantrum that she was sick. She didn't tell her sisters to stop their lives because she was sick. Yeah, like, oh she God, just yeah. accepted it as fate. Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah, even with like Joe, like considering how um how she was, I think Joe could have easily been based off of someone like, you know, the the Bronte sisters who were working under a pseudonym or like an alias to public their work because it doesn't matter if yeah. Like in the modern day, I would like say Joe could be like an AOC type, like you know what I mean? Like a outright yeah. fighter for like, yeah, like, yeah, not, yeah. like really caring about like anything but just like fighting for rights and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for, and then, like, even with, like, Amy, um, we don't like her because, I mean, yeah, like, when she, in a disagreement, she burned Joe's manuscript, which is probably one of the worst things you can do, you know, it's it's not a nice thing at all, but Joe still forgave her, Joe was still nice to her, but, you know, like, the one person that, um, that was definitely a part of, like, the March household was someone who didn't live in the March household, and that was Lori, like, I know a lot of people, again, like, I've repeated this, like, I think, before time now um Lori ended up marrying Amy guys oh, 
also a spoiler, I'm sorry, but you should do a little woman by now. So what happened uh, with them, but you know what was interesting to me is that even though every single March girl was empowered in her own way, um, Lori was the one person that, because folks talk, Lori was paired up with almost every single girl. Not Amy per se, but they definitely paired her up with uh, Meg, um, with Beth, and with Joe. And at the end, like what happened was that he really liked Joe. He posed to her. She she put him down. Um, not put him down. Sorry, she turned him down. And then uh, I think he went off in like depression. Met Amy as an slightly older person in her late teens. They connected and then they got married. And Joe was completely taken aback by this whole thing because yet again, Amy has tarnished something that Joe cared for. But at the end of it all, the sisters still had unconditional love for each other. So I think that's something to take back. And yeah. 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 You know, like I keep thinking like, sorry, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, I think that those are like the points that like fall under like being against Amy, that she also ultimately ended up marrying Lori, who was Joe's like best friend. Um, yeah. But another thing, I think Joe always saw, saw him like as her best friend. Like, I don't think she saw him romantically. So like, I I think like um, that was the, one of the reasons why I think she like turned him down because she was just like, you know, I, I look at you as like a brother, as like a best friend. Um, and also mm-hmm. like the man that she ends up with, I feel like that was more her like equal because he was also like an intellect and, you know, he liked writing as well. I think he was a professor. I can't remember. Right. I think he was a professor. He was a professor. Yeah. 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 I think he was a German professor for a couple of years or something. Oh, okay. That's Wait, let me just yeah. So she married a professor. So I think that was like more in line with her and uh sort of like makes sense for her and I think like in the end she also becomes like kind of rich because like Aunt Marge uh she passes away and she leaves her like um her estate to her so um and I think she like opens up a school in the end or something right yeah she opens up a boarding house for boys oh interesting Um, also another interesting thing about Joe was I remember like in the book I think she like cuts her hair and she gives it for like charity like a cancer charity yeah she uh, that was amazing to be honest like so Mr. March had fallen sick and he wrote to the family that um, unfortunately I've taken ill, I'm in the hospital, whatever. And Marmy had to travel, but again, they're not well off, right? They're oh, not, the they don't really have a lot of money. They laugh about their poverty and despite their poverty, they constantly take care of people. Yeah, she cuts her hair off for money, but I, I don't think if it was for like, I think it was for wigs, but yeah, yeah. like, that, which yeah. is something that you do in modern day now, like people cut their hair and they, you yeah. know, they donate it um, for wigs for cancer patients. So. I don't know. I really, I really like Little Woman. It was so nice. Even with like Meg, like I know like um, if if Meg was someone in modern day, she would be some someone like our moms, you know, like yeah, raising people to be empowered and, and have your mm-hmm. own thoughts and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. Like, they're they're quite they're quite they've got different takes on feminism because they like event like you get me essentially it's making your own choice not being told what to do or not being nor not doing what is expected of you but making a choice and being respected for it so that was the lesson that I took from the world yeah um you know, uh, for me, like what I really, really loved about the book was the whole like element of family. Kids. And, like, 
because um like you know it's something that like I could kind of like I found relatable because my grandma like my nani like her husband passed away in her early 30s and so she had like four kids who she raised by herself and um so I like really like found it really like interesting like you know to um compare those two because like um just like uh just like in the in um in little women's like you know neighborhood and everything like everybody was there for them like when there was like a sadness or like poverty in like a neighbor's house or whatever the other like the march sisters like went and gave their food to them so i feel like um even in like my nani's like uh neighborhood like in nazmabad in pakistan it was kind of like that like you know if there was like somebody that was um suffering or whatever the whole neighborhood or community went to help them out or like if there was like a death or something in the neighborhood the whole like town like mourned for them like everyone cried for them so it was like a very beautiful thing for me to like see in a book and then also see in real life so I really like I really really enjoyed that like you know because like my nani like she went through like depression and all of that like when she when she first lost her husband but her sister like lived nearby and like you know she had a lot of friends um some people that were subletting with her in her apartment and stuff they would all like come and like you know they would cook for her they would bring fruits for her and they would like take care of the kids and like the way my mom speaks of her childhood it is filled with laughter and happiness and like just you know exploring Karachi and exploring the city and like hanging out with her friends every like an open door policy like people could just come in come out just like you know Lori's like grandfather he like kept his house open like he said oh Beth you like the piano you can come and play whenever you want and so like yeah that's why like I just I loved it like it was so relatable and it was just so cute like you know I I love that aspect of like neighborhood and everything yeah for sure that's so beautiful someone thank you for sharing and like as someone who has met your grandmother um you know like it in the last when did I meet her 2017 between the years of 2018 2019 um, I can see that, like, you know, you, you never, even though she, she was in pain and stuff, like, I know that your grandmother always, like, had a joke to share, or yeah. she, she was always ready to, like, entertain guests, like, yeah, yeah, and, and she loved chilling out, so. Yeah. Yeah, oh my god, Amaral said, like, you know, um, when she passed away, like, the people that used to sublet with my nani, like, um, her like the daughter like who's also my mom's friend she like mourned just as much as my mom did like she was so like distraught because she was like oh like whenever I wanted to have a meal or whatever I just come downstairs and I would like sit with like my my grandma and like you know she would just like like my nanny would like cook for her and like she would take care of her and stuff so like there was it was really cute like you know what I mean so like um when you live a life like that like the way Marnie also lived her life people will always love you and you will be remembered like you know and um that's like just one of the greatest things like I would want to aspire to be like that like when I'm older and like you know um be able to have a sense of community like that as well so yeah that's why I want all my friends to live near me like I need you to like either move in with me or like live next door to me like whatever you're more comfortable with but yeah I'm okay (laughs) I'm down for anything honestly I would love to wake up and just casually go and stroll into your house and have a bowl of cereal (laughs) there's a sense of like poeticness to that like you know just like having your best friend like right next to you (laughs) you know um remember that post I told you about like oh we should normalize like you know five best friends like getting a house together and getting pets together that's why we need to normalize (laughs) that (laughs) 
We do, we do. With our with our podcast goes as well. Like Anarkali should be there with oh, us yeah. too. Of course. <laughs> of course. She has to be like you know what? Anarkali could be like the guard a whole like um of our house, like the security. Yeah. She could like scare away like intruders or anything. She could just start yeah. like going boo or like you know making weird like sounds or something. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I think Anarkali would really like that as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So since it is um since we're kind of doing like a woman-based uh thing, uh what do you call it? Um what else should we talk about? Um well, I just I just want to really like talk about I want to I don't know. I just want to give like a brief um history on like women's rights and like a global history that because we've been discussing that like in in class as well and I just wanted to share that so yeah but I'm not going to share too much of it because obviously I don't like like I don't want to come across as like oh this annoying teacher she keeps talking but (laughs) so like I don't know okay so the struggle for women's rights okay it started in 1848 Mm-hmm. And it's it marked like a watershed moment for women's rights with the Seneca Falls Convention, where women um, activists had publicly petitioned for civil for civil, social, political, and religious rights um, in the 1893 New Zealand, um, and and then obviously sent a message to other activists across the world, um, asking for for support from like womanhood to continue on. And what's just depressing is that you know it's too, like, this happened in. 1893 we're in 2021 I'm not even going to begin to do the math but I mean it's been like almost two centuries and it's like bro why are we not going on with this that being said there still are women that um are making a difference in their own like respective communities and they are standing up for women's rights and they're speaking out and when it like I mean I know some people in in Pakistan who are doing that I know some people in KSA who are doing that as well um, one of my friends had started this thing called God Wish because um, so it was basically like it was something very similar to TCF, but it wasn't on a grand scale like TCF. But like Darwish was basically a platform where, you know, it was run by Saudi girls. And I'm and, and, and lucky, lucky enough, fortunate enough to call, my, call them both my friends. Um, but that too was closed down because of like the policies that are currently in play what they wanted to do was they wanted to start public education for the kids who are, you know, undocumented. And, and it's just, it's just annoying that like some women have to constantly fight for rights and some women cannot step out of like, you know, an abusive household and abusive marriage or whatever, because um, they're not going to get equal pay. I, I know some women who want to adopt children. It's not their fault. They're not married, but for some reason, or adoption agencies won't pay heed to them because they're single moms and and with the pay with the pay wage gap it's um it's not sustainable like you can't sustain a, a life that you would be able to, to sustain with a man next to you so I don't know that that pretty much sucks um but I know some people are against it and I know whenever International Women's Day comes around people do speak about it more they do talk about you know like um the 97 percent of women that keep suffering and well, all women are suffering. And like that being said, I'm not a man hater or anything. And I know men suffer. Women go through so much biologically as well, just for the sake, well, humanity and for the sake of generations to continue and and everything where they're asked to either make compromises on their lives or they're asked to make compromises on um, 
school themselves. Yeah, that is so interesting. And also, like, um, when I was, like, looking up uh, this kind of, like, you know, when I was researching on this, um, I saw that, like, it was, like, in the 1890s uh, to, like, the 1920 when, like, the progressive era for women, like, actually, like, kind of started. And it was so crazy for me to think that before, women were not even considered full citizens. And they were just, like, um, sort of, like, property. And it's so weird that, like, women had to fight for everything like you know like from from just getting a job to like you know just being able to vote to like access to birth control or all of that stuff it's crazy that like men were just handed those things while women had to actually like they had to like they had to hold proper strikes riots protests and all of that just to get like some things that are so basic and um like unfair like you know because I was like reading about like this lady Frances Willard uh she like helped uh expand like uh women in politics and stuff and like increase like education like levels for a woman and like she had to like do a lot of like striking and like all of that stuff too and then this um other uh and oh I read some somewhere that like she did I think it was her but like she did like a hunger strike where like she didn't eat at all and like she was sitting like they put her in jail but like in jail she wouldn't eat that like um she reached such a point that people actually had to force feed her food because she was just gonna die like she was like just emaciated so like you know they had to reach like like a level like that there was like a movement where um some women like chained themselves to like the gates of the um white house i think um the fences outside there and like um you know just so they can get hurt and i think these were the people that were fighting for um uh, like women in politics and like equal pay and like job opportunities and stuff so yeah so yeah exactly someone i completely agree with you what's what's crazy to me is that um so i'm going over like the different civilizations that have taken part in earth like on earth right and what's crazy to me is during the paleolithic and neolithic era which is like the first civilization of man ever there were women's rights. I mean, there, there was no such thing as man or woman rights. There were just hunters, gatherers, there were survivors, and that's it. Um, it didn't matter if you were man, woman, or child, if you had an idea and where, you, like, if you knew where you could get food, if you knew how to make shelter, that's it. That was your contribution to humanity. But then for some reason, nowadays, when we have so much um, technological development, we, we actually have, like, we have so many policies in play women are still constantly getting the brunt of it all. Like women are always being paid less or, and it's something that always comes up in like um, in movies and books and shows, like women are always disregarded. Like even, even in Islamic history, one of the empires that came about after uh, women were at the brunt of it all. They, like not the brunt, they were at the bottom of the food chain because it was like, you know, there was, there was more, um, there was more, there were more rights for the caliphates. There was, there were more rights for the dinis. There were more rights for men, but they're not women. And it's just weird because um, women philosophers have contributed a lot to the world as well. And I know that a lot of people are upset about this. So they have started, they have started this thing. And it's also turned into a podcast for people who can't purchase the book, but can actually like listen to the podcast and the stories. Um, it's this thing called Rebel Girls and it called like, rebel girls bedtime stories to rebel girls or good night stories to rebel girls it's something like this and it's basically a compilation like a one-page essay on the journey of a certain rebel girl in history and how she made a difference in the world 
And what bugs me is that they're called rebel girls because they literally had to rebel against society, education, everything that they stood for just to get something done. So, and it didn't matter if it, like at the end of the day, it was just like, oh, it's a woman, that's why. Like it didn't matter what color it was, what what um, what color she was, what religion she came from, what she represented. It was that she was a woman, like, you know, double X chromosome. It's yeah. like, um, yeah. not appreciating yeah. that, so. Yeah, that is so crazy, yeah. Oh my God. Um, yeah. You're right. Like they have to, they had to go through so much just to get like basic rights and stuff. I was reading like one of the major shifts that happened in like, you know, positively for the woman movement was after the war, because like a lot of men were like, you know, obviously busy during the war and like, you know, a lot of them got injured and stuff. And so like, so then like, obviously the politicians and everyone, they allowed women to like work more and like they were able to take jobs that were specifically for men before. And like, you know, um, even like you know become like police officers and like th- those kind of jobs as well so um that's when they realized that like oh yeah women can do everything as well like you know it's not like only men could have done these jobs and yeah, so then yeah. like women became more of a voice in like politics because like you know more seats were open for them now and then like even in um you know like companies and stuff they became more of a voice because before their jobs would just be like you know as a secretary like or like you know a phone girl or something but like mm-hmm. now they were they had like a seat in the table because there was more open jobs so yeah, yeah. and once that happened once uh, more women became involved uh there was like a shift like you know because then their opinions were being heard and like now people were understanding that this would lead to a better society if we created some form of equality for these women like you know it's allowing them to get their own like individual personalities they're uh economically like stable now so they can you know actually provide to your uh like gdp like you know by buying things or by like you know or creating things that they need in the household or in the workforce or in anything you know so it was really interesting that it took like a freaking war that like lessened the number of men for women to actually achieve something and also this like brings me to another point i was reading about you know the um you know in rwanda how there was like a huge um like a civil war and like around like I don't know, like a lot of men were like brutalized and murdered because of the war. Yeah. And so like the population became like 60 to 70% women. And like, so those women, like, you know, then they like formed armies, they started working in politics and like, and now their wage gap and everything is like almost like 91 to the dollar like it's the closest in any like nation so like because like you know they literally took charge of the country that was broken and falling apart and they like Mm -hmm. they were like okay you know what we can do this so they joined politics and then all then also like you know once they were in politics the government was like okay we're gonna actually make meaningful changes and then they like uh passed bills that were like oh um there has to be like a a, at least like 30 to 40 percent of the the house or whatever it has to be woman like you know like there's no way around it like it has to be woman so that's really good too because like I don't think I don't even think America has that like I think you it's just based on like credentials but like you know usually there is some kind of discrimination so like yeah, yeah but here it's like oh it has to be like this many women and then like you know whatever um if there's more it's cool but like yeah so th- um I saw this like interview of this like lady who was like um kind of like a uh like somewhere up in the political ranks or whatever I don't know what like position she was in but like she was like talking about how like how good 
the country became and how good the community became because of this like because of the woman being paid just the same and you know they got a lot of confidence and like you know they just like helped the country thrive from like such a bad thing like you know like I think it was like in the 90s that like they had this war the country was like almost in shambles but they bought it back like you know what I mean so um yeah that was interesting I think there's only two countries uh that have um like very little uh wage gap one is like a town in Iceland and one is Rwanda that has like you know almost like 91 or something and for Iceland they were talking about how um the wage gap got less was because they started offering like paternity leave so like it wasn't like so they didn't make it like oh if if a family did have a child it wouldn't be that like it was only the woman that has to sit at home and the man keeps getting promotions and keeps getting like yeah. elevated or whatever yeah. it was both of them like they both had to take it so that's why you know like um like a ceo or whatever he's not going to be like oh i yeah. don't want to hire this woman uh because she's going to take a leave yeah because uh, even the man is going to take a leave so that like really like narrowed the wage gap which is very interesting like you know so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it is it is um it's still a struggle it's like you still have to go on with it and yeah it's a conversation that does need to take place like in different homes and and I know like um some people do suffer with I mean it's not just like you know in brown and Arab culture but it's like almost every other culture uh, there are some liberties that are given to man and there are some like to the sun and there are some liberties that are well not even heard of or or conversation for for the daughters and and I know some people are upset about it which may not I mean your intention will be there but your actions might be speaking against it which is one of those things that like one of the things I do want to talk about is Orth March that um takes place in in Pakistan mm-hmm. like I I haven't been a part of it, but I know you were a part of it in March 2019. Yeah. So what were your thoughts on it? And I'm gonna share share my thoughts on it as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, so um I was part of the Orth March in 2018 in Karachi, which I think was the first year it happened in Karachi. Like I think it's happened in other cities in Pakistan, but I think it was the first time it happened in Karachi. And um, so maybe because it was the first time I thought like uh, maybe it wasn't like, you know, arranged as well and stuff. But um, uh, OK, so like I do have a, like a lot of thoughts about that because one, like it's in Pakistan, you know, the culture and the literacy rate and everything is very different in Pakistan than what it is in America and stuff. You know, there's a lot of rights that American women have that have been afforded to them long time ago that have not been afforded to Pakistani women. Like, you know what I mean? Like, except for like the. Uh, women that are like you know upper class uh defense living or just uh or have like a nationality of another country like you know like the canadian pakistanis that live in pakistan or you know like all of that like those women like their perspectives are a, a lot different than the common pakistani woman so like um i think that uh, was one of the reasons why there was so much disparity between the women's march and what uh, media like showed uh, like portrayed it as because it's true there is like a huge difference between like the average Pakistani woman and like a really rich Pakistani woman so and I thought the 
uh, negative aspect of that march, even though like, I, okay, ultimately, I think the march is important and it's, it has to be done because there is very less uh, woman empowerment and women support in Pakistan. And it's a huge topic in Pakistan because it is just a dismal, it's terrible, like the way women get treated there. So like, you know, so I do like 100% this important a concept, important movement. So, um, but like, yeah, anyways, like, um, the thing that I uh, thought was like weird was that it was like um, only like, upper class ladies that were in attendance and the way uh the way they were like just um you know what happened like in the middle of the march like you know there was this like one person that had a drum in their hand and he started like playing the drum and like a bunch of like uh like I said they were like rich upper class women like girls uh and ladies they just started like dancing around the drummer and like I just got so confused like I was like like it became a bit of like just a party sort of scene as opposed to like something that was so important and it's like it's so um like symbolic and it needed to be represented in a very proper way in a country that was not used to women marches and women movement like you know what i mean like it should have been packaged in a way uh, uh in a way that could be like um you know like uh illiterate people could understand as well like you know what I mean it needed to be packaged well and I didn't think it was like I think they uh, showcased too much of uh uh like it was just too like out there like you know something it felt too western for Pakistani society at least the first one that I went to like you know honestly everybody there was very little people that were wearing chalar kameez like you know what I mean it was like mostly like jeans and pants and like shirts and you know like I'm guilty of that too because I was wearing like pants and a, a American outfit like you know what I mean and um um but like yeah so it was like mostly like people like that or they were wearing you know like a kurta with like tights underneath the way that I used to dress in college so like yeah it was just like very I I felt like it didn't resonate well with all of Pakistan as opposed to like just one section of Pakistan. Does that sound weird? Am I saying the right thing? I don't know. No, no. I I think you're saying the right thing. Like I I agree with you. I feel like um you know like a lot of people uh, some people that I know had a problem with Orat March because of the slogan that they use which is marriage is me mercy which translates to, directly translates to um my body my choice. But uh, the reason why a lot of people didn't like it was because jism, the word jism is yeah. negatively connotated for, for body. Like you should you should be using something else. And that's what I heard from the older generation. Yeah. I know some people who are so angry with men that they just went there and just screamed their lungs out because they yeah. were angry at men. That happened. But then it's kind of like screaming. Yeah. Um, like, it, I don't know. Like, I just did not like that there was just literally a lot yeah. of screams, by the way like seriously yeah like it was one lady yeah. who was presenting like she was like um she was like from a very like small like doll kind of place and she was mm-hmm. a christian lady and she was talking about um how like the police officers and uh, like whatever they like you know are very they like mistreat women they're abusive towards the woman and they like you know whatever whatever she was saying it was very important like you know she was actually having an important conversation but because of the other ladies being super loud and like whatever i her message was very like it got it lost in translation like you know what i mean like yeah it was, 
Yeah. I felt like we needed more of those kind of stories as opposed to just like screaming of like, you know, just the slogans as well. And I kind of agree with the slogan and the wording because my body, my choice translates in America. But I do understand that maybe the translation or something in Pakistan might have been off. But I mean, like, I don't speak Urdu that well. So I didn't know that, like, Jism had a negative connotation to it. It is, it is, right, it is negative. Like, it's, it's sensual. Like, mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. it's so a that sexual, is sensual yeah. word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, um, like no one says marriageism. Yeah, like no one says gay. You know, do you get me? It's just negatively connotated. It's, yeah. but obviously, like I, I completely understand. Like I'm gonna be honest, um, because I think after Orth March happened, while it was 2020, and well, neither one of us were there. I, I know that like that's when the child labor um, uh, cases started coming out. And someone wrote, and, and it resonated with me so much. They they wrote that, you know, all these people that are yelling marriages and Mary Mercy are probably going to go home and have to make die for them. Like, you know, they, like, it is, it is very elitist. I've had conversations with some very, um, very educated young women of, uh, of this generation and our generation. And, and they all agree that it's, it is kind of elitist and it's, it's, a, it's to start a conversation, but I feel like because there's so much anger, because everyone is saying and screaming so much that your message is sort of getting lost in all of that. Like it's being drowned out. Like with yeah. the Christian lady, mm-hmm. I remember you mentioned her earlier, minority, like um, it's no secret that the minorities in Pakistan who are, which is basically a non-Muslim community, even though they have a representation on our flag, which is the white part that represents minorities, they don't have that many um rights in Pakistan like some of them are not they don't have the right to vote or they don't have the right to proper education or they don't have a proper schooling system that they go to um so you're kind of taking you're taking a two-tiered minority to come and speak um in a group of people that have the luxury of flying to Dubai whenever they at their heart swim um they have the luxury to you know go up to Murray if there's a three-day weekend at work and it's like there's no relation to it. I mean, yes, every single social class has had some sort of conflict with a man. You know, they've they've had some sort of issue with wage gap, but you can't like for for Karachi and Pakistan in general. It's just I know it sounds so blanket, and I and I feel like I'm gonna get so much hate for this, but everywhere it's such a diverse country. I mean, like I can't as a person living in Alhamdulillah, I can't go and speak. Um, for the rights of a proper uh, of proper woman woman education in let's say Azizia, you know that that's typically known to be like the the hub for where like the Pakistanis and Indians and Bangladeshis live. I can't go over there because I know some people, and it has happened in school, it has happened in in university where they're just like, oh, you're speaking so much, like, but you have a driver and you do have like you know running water because of the area that you live in. So it's just, it's down to like relation, I guess, um, because I feel like it wasn't properly organized. Like yeah. even though the, the social media campaign was really well done and I liked that the, I liked the post that they were sharing, I just feel like that wasn't being done in reality. And um, yeah. Yeah, I agree I, I fully about yeah. that. Like I agree that like, you know, the the campaign that they ran was was really important. It was really like amazing, but like I didn't see it uh mirror in the actual event that took place yeah um yeah yeah sure. like because like the there there is a lot of things that need to be worked on in Pakistan because like you know specifically regarding women and like um 
yeah like there were some things that were so important like i wish they talked more about like you know uh, like domestic violence or something or like you know how like women can't even like go out on like at night alone like you know they have so much fear in them because of that so like um yeah like those kind of things like they didn't really bring those kind of topics up and then also like the stark disconnect between the minority that they got and then like the woman that was that was actually talking to her like you know whatever she you could literally just see in the way they look that that this lady has no idea what this minority might have experienced in her life so like um yeah there was just too much of a disconnect you know and I wonder if it got better like I mean this was the 2018 one that I'm talking about like you know I'm sure there was one last year like 2019 and 2020 yeah yeah no no you went to the 2019 one because I remember I couldn't go because the school that I was currently working at which was 2019 had a fair and I I couldn't go Oh, okay. um, because I was stuck organizing for it. But yeah, like, I hope it gets better. But I remember, like, um, I don't know, like, the one event that I that I did go to, one of the first events I ever went to was Humans of Pakistan. It was an event by Humans of Pakistan. And that's where they got, like, people. And it was really interesting because, and I don't like that. What boggled my mind then was that this is such a great page. This is such a great um approach to and the event was so well organized because they the panel speakers like they had a panel um discussion but they also had speakers that represented a certain part of Pakistan like they weren't entirely from Karachi they weren't all men they weren't all women um one of them was Gami Sid which is the first trans model that Pakistan has and they like everyone had something else to to speak of not not all of them were speaking about NGOs not all of them were speaking about businesses not all of them had you know even been to Dubai but they all had so much to say and you had like someone in the audience that related to at least two or three of the speakers I feel like humans of the way humans of Pakistan organized that event in 2017 it should like Orthmart should have had like some sort of like relation in 2019 because I feel like even though I'm I'm all for Earth March, like ask me right now to go stand in a protest and I will happily do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like some of them were just there for the sake of protesting, even though there was for like the sake of like that Instagram picture. Like I feel like a lot of people yeah. were there for that sake. Maybe a lot of celebrities were there for that sake as well. Um yeah. but and I know some celebrities genuinely do care yeah. about, you know, like making a difference. But not all celebrities, right? Yeah. I know some women genuinely do want to make a difference, but not all women. Yeah. Some men were there in support, but not all men. So it's just, yeah. it's a conversation that needs to happen. And I remember like when this happened in 2020, um, Khalil Rahman. Oh my God. Is that his name? Yeah, that guy was such what? a troll. He was such a bad person. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, the worst part, okay, look, Orith March had it falls or whatever, but the way the media like wrecked it and ripped it apart and made it sound like the entire movement was like useless and like th- there's no need for this conversation even, that really triggered me like that really pissed me off like because it's unfair to associate like maybe like some flaws in um in a very important topic and give it like a blanket term and be like oh this complete this whole movement is anti-islam or something it was okay anti-islam that is just so rude to say because like the prophet always wanted like women to have a voice like you know bibi khatija had her own business like it was not like yeah you know like I don't know, like, the Islam is not going to be happy with the what you do with the woman, definitely, yeah, like, yeah. you're completely For wrong sure. what you do. I mean, I remember, like, okay, so Khalil Rahman, basically, uh, what, what had happened was, I think this was around the time his show, Mirpaj Somo, was happening, 
and it was a lot I think this was the episode that, that aired right before the finale and one of the questions that were asked was like um was about women and he went on a rant about how women should be slapped and women should be told to stay at home and women should be like he went on and it was so interesting oh, because you women said women should be slapped he's specific he he said women should be slapped and they should be controlled and they shouldn't have what? rights or whatever the hell why, why are you saying this they should have cut the interview. he didn't cut it off it was live dude it was live oh okay so God. he was he was he was sitting with all the actors of Mary Poppins two of them were women one of them was Aida Khan and the other one was Haramani and you if you like later on obviously this clip just that clip was shared with everyone if you zoom in to their faces you can see that there's so much pain behind their faces because they want to say so much but they don't know what to say and oh, both so Her- Haramani and yeah and that being said both Haramani and Azahan they're both married to uh, to male celebrities and they're both married to like males who their spouses really care about women's rights and they do they're very nice human beings you know in their own um in their own respective ways but like what Khalil Rahman said uh after this episode was also in an interview like I think he was in a panel interview with one of the feminists in Pakistan her name was Marvi Sermond and he basically interrupted her and started saying misogynistic remarks and and I think he did a lot of like he was very rude to her mm-hmm. and then um she said something back and then he obviously like the whole conversation was about may I just remember you're like my body my choice and uh she said something in in response and he just like attacked her and said so many terrible things that that too led to the cancellation and ban of Khalil Rahman show you're talking about i think i remember seeing like a small like youtube like a clip on instagram where like he said yeah. like where she she said something and he responded like super rudely and then she uh, started saying like mira just a mary marzi like she kept saying that yeah. and he was like have you even yeah. seen yourself like you're so ugly like yeah he he basically like, said that you're ugly yeah or, like whatever and then yeah. like yeah i don't remember what her response was cuz like i was a very small clip but like that's just freaking disgusting like yeah, uh, this just proves like that like, like he's this. actually yeah. thinking of just like her body like you know what i mean he's literally just thinking yeah. of her like as that as opposed to like understanding the actual meaning that she holds when she says those things like she just means that like oh i am in control of my anatomy and it's my choice like what happens to me yeah. and which is like i yeah, understand he just took it to anatomy he didn't stick to anatomy uh, autonomy yeah. as well like he he was just like you know as a child uh, every boy's childhood like every boy's weekend is ruined because he works so hard during his school like during the week and then his weekend is interrupted because he has to get like a bag of yogurt or curd or whatever and it's so kind of like everyone is just like damn someone should have just really given him like a liter of curd so that this could have been avoided entirely because it was he just turned it into such a joke yeah that is so like oh my god dude i cannot yeah. believe he's like so gross like he's so bad like i don't even know he's like, a, yeah I I've never like I don't really know what his shows are like but uh, do they represent his actual behavior in his They do part? Yeah, one of the shows are actually called Khalil which is based mm-hmm. off of his life mm-hmm. and they do tend to paint women in a certain picture but later on I, I mean it was after after his like interview on Mirpas Kumhon and his current interview with Mar- with Marvi um a lot of people have like do you get me like when something this significant happens you start dissecting what has happened in the past and you're just like oh the signs were always there like no one right. actually like noticed it 
So it's it's kind of like an elephant. Like everyone's looking at the trunk, they're thinking snake. Everyone's looking at it at the at the leg of the tree, at, at the leg of the elephant, and thinking it's a tree. But then when you put all of them together, you're just like, oh, it's, he's a misogynistic a-hole you know like that's what he's right, doing right. like yeah and I'm a pretty avid follower of this uh thing called um something hot mm-hmm. and they're pretty feminist as well do you get me like they're pro-women they're pro-women's rights they're pro-men's rights they're they're pro-equality that's what they're pro and something hot like um it's run by husband Jodhian Amna forgetting her last name oh my god Amna Hassan? No, it's not Amna Hassan. It's Amna and Hassan. I'm forgetting her last name. I'm sorry. Apologies if you're ever listening to this. But um, Amna did say, and I really respect your opinion, she said that, uh, she said that, like, you know, even though I review shows and stuff, but I will, um, unless I absolutely have to, I will not actively look for Khalil Rahman shows to review or, like, you know, look at so, and that was pretty a big. That was a pretty big deal because something hot is like one of the leading platforms when it comes to like talking about shows and the things that they represent. So right, right, yeah, um, yeah. But, I'm glad like uh, I'm glad his like negative behavior became so public that like I'm sure like artists and like actors and stuff they're not gonna want to work with him anymore. Like they're not gonna take a script anymore, no matter how good they are or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They're just gonna avoid it. And also, like I remember, I think I read that like um the show Maripas Samha was kind of based on his life apparently his wife like left him or something or uh or or maybe he was the kid I don't remember like one uh, something about that show was based on his life something like that I yeah, guess either he was the kid or um and this was like the story of his mom and dad or he was the Danish person and this was a story that oh. happened to him but oh, I yeah his name was Danish also, yeah I have a question um, so you know every time you were like talking about like the woman like you know um uh have the ability to like jet off to dubai what is up with you in dubai huh? are you hating on it <laughs> no because i don't have the ability to jet off to dubai <laughs> no because i don't have the ability to jet off to dubai whenever i want otherwise what i would have been mean? recording it's this not, podcast with you fault. it's it's coronavirus's fault i'm sorry but there's a pandemic yeah no no but i, I know i know but like you know like someone i mean you and i grew up in like you know relatively modest households like our parents didn't just weren't frivolous with money like do you get me like they've taught us the value of money whereas I mean the people that I've interacted with are just like you know like my cousin once I remember she came home and she goes like oh yeah because we have the day off um on Monday everyone's already like there's like a group of her uh, work people that are already at the airport because they're gonna go fly off at a hill station and hang out um and this was a mixed gathering now in stark con like just to reflect back on that like completely guilty of living in defense okay my paternal side lives in defense my maternal uh, my maternal side lives in um in north azabad and it's like i was entering a different city dude like i you know like in dolman mall i've seen girls in tube tops um with low-rise jeans i've seen people so i've I've seen so many people's butt cracks it's insane but then if i get into a kareem ride you know like for 45 to 50 minutes and I go towards the north side of Karachi like from the south side it's a whole different situation because I'm seeing girls like you can't even tell what color what color clothes they're wearing or they're all in shawar kameez or they're all in like burqas or they were all wearing like niqab and it's like and I know they're it's not their choice because like maybe maybe for some of them it's their choice but I know some people that are just forced into it because, again, of conversations I've had with certain people that have lived in this, uh, like, this area of town. So, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Um, no, what do you call it? I, I get, I get what you're saying. Cause, um, <laughs> what do you call it? I remember like, cause my cousin, she used to go to university in like, uh, in defense. So like her friends were like super like, you know, well off and stuff. And so they would always be like, Oh, whenever we want to do our shopping or whatever, we always go to Dubai and like, you know, like fashion street and like all of that stuff. And so, yeah, I get it. <laughs> the concept of going to Dubai in Pakistan means that you are upper class or something <laughs> like, elite. yeah, but yeah. That's yeah, how I mean, for you, like, I live uh, poor in Dubai. So, <laughs> yeah, but someone that's the thing like, you you live in Dubai, like, your parents yeah. are in Dubai. If your parents were living in Abu Dhabi, you would only go to Dubai like, what, once every month or something? Yeah, I would you can drive there to Dubai, probably never. Yeah, yeah. you know, the borders but are closed between just... Dubai and Abu Dhabi, so yeah, I would never go. <laughs> that's amazingly hilarious but yeah like it's just it's one of those things like people who like even in Jeddah I mean for people in Pakistan I know people in Jeddah who happily buy um like again they they buy clothes from like from from Jeddah but some of them same brands they're one of this girl one of these girls was just like oh I I like shopping for all my clothes in Dubai because they have trial rooms and I was like what are you kidding me ready to like purchase her clothes try them at home and then return them no questions asked and she's like yeah but I don't like doing that so even that a little like I'm sorry to sound judgmental in my opinion that's a little tad bit spoiled because like you're going to a whole other country a whole other city that's known to be like the financial you know like the most expensive city on earth just Mm -hmm. to buy clothes yeah yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, yeah, again, like, no hate to people. It's just one of those things, like, obviously, if your work is in Dubai or your business is in Dubai or your family's in Dubai, then, yeah, obviously, you have to jet off to Dubai every now and then. Mm-hmm. But if it's, if you're actively, like, going to Dubai just for, just for a weekend because, oh, why not? That's when I'm <laughs> yeah. kind of like, okay, you're clearly privileged in ways that other people in your city are not. Right, so, right. Facts, facts. That's yeah. so true. But no hate, no hate. I swear yeah, about hating no on hate. people. Guys, I love human beings. I'm sorry. We do. So. And we love women, like, specifically. Like, I, I love empowering other women and like you know like I my, love women so much yeah. like I love women so much and I appreciate and women so much like I'm gonna, I've been actively asked by four people if I'm actually gay and I was like no I'm not but okay. damn what's the what's the hate so listen 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 I'm gonna like um kind of like uh big you up a little bit but like you know one thing that like even you do I do it as well but like you do it as well um it's like when um you know like if I ever say something like oh you know like I'm not good at this I'm not you're always like very motivational like no you're good at this no like try harder no like start studying (laughs) you know like it's it's really beautiful it's empowering and I love it like you know I like that you know you want to uplift me and I would like I freaking want to uplift you like you know so like uh that I think is the most like beautiful part of a female friendship and yeah yeah, I'm glad that we share it Yeah, I'm glad. I mean, there are, like with every single friendship, there are some toxic friendships. And someone and I have both been a part of like those friendships where our our female friends have abused us for certain things emotionally to the point that they've scarred us to date where they where we're afraid of men um, and, and dating. But yeah. So uh, show. Yeah. Wow, I can't talk anymore. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, what are you drinking right now? <laughs> Oh my god, I am drinking um lemon and ginger tea. Oh nice. Um really honestly, nice. I should like really like open my horizon and like drink other kind of things, but I'm like literally just drinking normal uh you know, tea bag, Lipton, the chai. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. Well, definitely try different different teas. I like different teas. Like mm-hmm. I Lipton tea is a mood for me, mm-hmm. but like my default is always to have like ginger tea or chamomile tea or something. Nice. Doesn't Definitely. work on me though, but sure. <laughs> I don't think chamomile tea just hypes me up. No, they don't. But for yeah. some reason, chamomile tea just hypes me up so much. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's funny. Oh my god, it was so much fun catching up with you and like talking about like all of these things. Because like I love talking about this stuff and how like there is a lot of change yeah. that needs to be made. It's just that like more people need to have like you know open conversations like this. Um. So you know, yeah change can happen yeah for sure change should definitely happen mm-hmm. inshallah it does I mean it yeah. is a conversation that needs to take place I just I feel like because there's so much years of neglect everyone just goes in really hot-headed and not really level-headed with the whole thing yeah and we kind of need to level the playing field maybe. yeah that, that's the, do you that's have the any like uh, funny Instagram anecdotes that you saw recently or anything that you want to share with us wow you just threw me under the bus i can't wait to like (laughs) upload uh pictures of her pets um on her instagram page yeah because for sure famous (laughs) yeah ragnar and lexa need to be famous as well Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm, something funny that i saw and heard i don't know Besides getting flash in the morning, um, wait, when was that? A week ago? It was yesterday evening. Oh, yesterday? Oh, my God, it was yeah. so funny. Um, let's see, let's see. I don't know. What made me laugh so much? Oh, my God, I have the funniest story, actually. <gasps> okay, so this person randomly sends me a te- like, randomly sends me a DM. Okay, first he sends me a follow request. I don't know who this person is. Um, but because this was around this, this was the same day that like people from my old school, like from the boys from my fourth grade class were like sort of reconnecting and were adding each other on social media. I assumed he was one of those boys, but I was just like, this name doesn't sound familiar to me whatsoever. So let me just give him a follow because maybe the guy changed his name or is running by a nickname. I don't know. So I followed the person, still can't tell who the person is. It's clear that I don't know this person. So I unfollow him. But then what uh what happens is he sends me a random uh dm saying salam are you engaged and wow, i was straight like to <laughs> straight to the point and i was like um walaikum salam why is that in your business he's like oh because i'm looking for a wife again it's so direct wow. like i am semi creeped out but semi impressed right now as well so i told them like my response was very odd don't you don't you want to get to know someone before deciding if she's wife material he's like of course i do um but from my first impression you seem you seem like you've been raised well from your profile picture and I was like I have wings in my profile picture dude and how does that mean I've been raised well and his response was like it took the cake he's like it's because you're an angel and you're going in the right which means you're going towards the right path and the way you responded to me was very respectful who was this Casanova can I have my <laughs> of course he lives in california but he's 26 and i was like dude i'm sorry it's not gonna work out um he was so he was super sweet though like i wish him the best and like but honestly it was so funny Yo, and it just so nice. made for such a funny conversation <laughs> but, yeah so That's that was really the funny. funny thing that happened to me on social yeah. media <laughs> oh my god i love that <laughs> oh okay yeah. well on that note <laughs> On that note, bye coconuts. Bye, bye coconuts. Bye bye. bye.